We're about to tell you three things that we learned from the Grove Bowl. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTubers. YouTube. And if you're an everydayer, you know exactly what we're talking about. Your team every day. So we need to talk about three things that we learned from the Grove Bowl that maybe we didn't know, maybe it got confirmed. Either way, these are three pretty important things in my opinion. First of all, we were kind of lied to about the quarterback competition going into the Grove Bowl. We assumed that there was this huge gulf, this huge gap, and that's because this is what happens when you have open practice type situations. It becomes a game of telephone, and it gets a little bit away from what the actual truth is because the longer it goes on, there's more of an exaggeration that happens. And it was said by everybody that this was Jackson's team. This was Jackson this and Jackson that. He's going to be the starting quarterback, and this thing is over. That is what we had heard for two and a half weeks. That turned out to not really be the case. Once we actually put our eyes on it for people that didn't see it and were forced to take the word of other people, that's exact. That's not exactly what was happening. Jackson Dart is much improved. Absolutely. I will not take that away at all. We asked for Jackson Dart to be able to do two, three, three things in football. And we saw two of them in the spring game. There's still a little bit of an adjustment, a little bit of, little bit of development that Jackson needs to go through. But we asked that he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. He was doing that today. We asked that he didn't turn the ball over. He was doing that today. We asked that he used all quadrants of the field, including the middle of the field. And that is something he did not do with the exception of maybe one pass during the grow ball. Make no mistakes. Not using the middle of the field stunts your offense. It will stunt the offense. And as we saw at the end of last year, whenever they don't have to worry about the middle of the field of being affected by the pass game, they can just tee off on the run game and made it hard to to deal with. Mississippi State had like 15 tackles for loss in last year's Egg Bowl. So it is what it is. Now, I think Jackson has improved, okay? I won't say that he will not. I do not think this quarterback competition is at the level that we were made to believe. Looking at the quarterback competition, if we just want to go through that real quick, Spencer Sanders, he was named as a player of the day by John Gillespie, as you'll hear in segment three today, by Dalen Flowers last night of the day that he had. Spencer Sanders had a good day. I was getting text messages from Bill Flowers during the game about how well that Spencer Sanders was playing. Spencer Sanders playing well does not take away from Jackson Dart. And that doesn't necessarily affect anything with the top quarterback position. Let me say that right here at the beginning. This is a spring game. This is 
one of 15 practices and maybe less than that if they decide not to do it. But Spencer Sanders has been full live for about four practices, for about a week. The first time he came back, I think, was the like the Thursday before last or something like that. And he's been full go since then. So his improvement has probably gone up pretty significantly over the last week. And we'll see what that looks like in the fall as well. Spencer Sanders had the pass of the day and it wasn't even close. It was a bullet laser pass, 15 yards downfield to Michael Trigg in the middle of the field. Just a seed. And he ended up breaking free and running for, you know, it was like a 35-yard game. Walker Howard, maybe. I've told you, and my everydayers can absolutely attest to this. I've called him the most talented person in the quarterback room since the beginning. And yesterday he looked like it, honestly. He ended up with three touchdowns passing, one touchdown running. It Absolutely fantastic player. He is the future of Ole Miss, and he'll be on the field sooner rather than later. It's not a matter of if he'll be the starting quarterback. It's a matter of when. So whoever wins the job between Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart, this is going to be Walker Howard's team probably as soon as 2024. Just something to keep your eye on there as well. Now, other things that popped off the page was – you know, we're, let's go ahead and say this. The defense was a joke. Everything was scripted and everything was done in such a way that the defense was relatively ineffectual. Lane Kiffin is a master of making a spring game something that other teams can't use. And by doing the defense the way he did, the spring game basically did not become a way to be used. So, but there are some players that showed out on the defensive side of the ball. I liked Xavion Harris. I liked um, Josh Harris. Both of the nose guards really turned up during the um, spring game. Monty Montgomery flashed a couple of times. John Saunders got an interception. And that was really good to see because those people are the spine of your defense. That's nose guard, linebacker, safety. That's that's going to be important. Even though you can't take anything really out of it, the middle of the defense, if they're playing well and they're flashing and you're paying attention to them, that is a good sign for the fall camp. It just is. It's a very good sign. And lastly, Michael Trigg. I was really, really impressed with Michael Trigg in this game because Lane Kiffin did a really smart thing by separating him and Jackson Dart because they have chemistry together. And Michael Triggan, if he'd have had a good game when Jackson was the quarterback, was that the sixth sense um, and the practice for the last couple of years over and over again as the reason that happened, or is it the going through the progression of plays? Separating them, Michael Trigg having a big game with Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard as a quarterback was a very big deal. Michael Trigg, he's a freak. He's a guy that has – Brock Bowers' level of ability. All he has to do, focus in to what he needs to do, and he has a chance to be very special. I'm Team 12 personnel. I want to see Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg on the field at the same time. It is not necessarily a surprise that Jackson Dart didn't use the middle of the field, and also Caden Priestcorn was not a factor in the game. Probably says nothing about Caden Priestcorn's. It, it's 
It's just a quarterback thing at this pro at this point. We'll have to see what's going on. So that is pretty interesting. You know, offensively, Michael Trigg. Defensively, the two nose guards, the spine of the defense showed out, and the quarterback competition seems to be going pretty well, honestly. I mean, they they can't really complain about it overall. It, it just kind of is what it is, you know. But, you know, what are you going to do, really? Seriously. Anyway, if you're an Ole Miss fan, there's no way you can take what happened in this spring game as anything but a positive and as a springboard into the fall. When we come back, we're going to talk about Chris Marshall, and he really flashed during the spring game. Really flashed, and we'll talk about him for a little bit. In the third segment, John Gillespie from the Grove Report comes in and joins us, but First, I do want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Yes, I do realize in Mississippi you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino to gamble on sports. But if you go to Louisiana, if you go to Tennessee, Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, even across the river at Delta, Louisiana, you can check out FanDuel Sportsbook and take advantage of their no-sweat first bet. So don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to continue talking Grow Bowl. This is going to be the story this week. It just kind of is what it is. Ole Miss basically dropped the series against Mississippi State in baseball. We we are going to focus on the Grove Ball right now. So we'll see exactly what that happens. Later on this week, Bill Flowers is going to be on the show giving his perspective on the game. There's so many perspectives on this channel. You'll have Tom, potentially Kara, Derek. All of them will be in effect um, letting, letting you know what they viewed as the grow ball. So it should be pretty cool. Anyway, Chris Marshall, one thing that is very interesting to me, Chris Marshall, the transfer from Texas A&M, former five-star wide receiver, he flashed a great deal in the spring game. He was on the same team as Jackson Dart. I think Chris Marshall had 90 yards receiving, like four or five catches, really big body, made some good catches. And the one thing you notice in this game, and I, I, I realize that I said you can't take too much away from this game, but there are some, some things that you can take away. And one thing that you can take away from this game is the developing partnership between Jackson Dart and Chris Marshall. Jackson Dart, who we think is the number one quarterback right now, pretty period, developing chemistry with one of the new transfer receivers, that's newsworthy and noteworthy. Chris Marshall, great physical specimen. And I make this comparison over and over again, but watching him play, 
He looks like a pre-injury Laquan Treadwell. He, he just does. And he can do all of that same type stuff. There was a couple of deep passes that if Jackson Dart would have been able to connect, they're essentially they're long foul balls, you know. But if he's able to connect on those passes, Chris Marshall ends up with, you know, 170, 180 yards a day. And we're, we're talking about a completely different thing. Even about Jackson Dart. Two passes that to where Jackson Dart, if he hits on them, the team looks really good. Now, this is something I think everybody needs to know, and nobody's going to talk about this for whatever reason. But, I mean, it's absolutely true. These shot plays, they always talk about the 10% Lane Kiffin shot plays. They're plays that are drawn up to go against a certain defense to where if Ole Miss hits them, um, Ole Miss scores a touchdown, flips the momentum. It's just what it is. It's like the clipboard tossing play they threw to Elijah Moore in 2020. That type of play. Well, if you can't hit them consistently to where they cannot be called and you do not put the defensive backfield under stress of them having to worry about it, your offense will be worse. Jackson needs to figure out a way to be more accurate on those deep passes. This isn't a slight during ja- on Jackson. It just kind of is what it is. So we'll see exactly what happens and who has a chance to be really, really good players to go with Chris Marshall. Because the wide receiver room at Ole Miss is kind of interesting, if you think about it. Trey Harris has a chance to be a really good player. Trey Harris wasn't on the field. Braylon Brown was not on the field. Both of those have a chance to get in the rotation and honestly make a name for themselves. Jordan Watkins had a really good grow ball. Really good grow ball and kind of cemented himself as a slot-type wide receiver. J.J. Henry flashed a little bit as well. Brandon Buckhalter has proven himself, in my opinion, as somebody who should at least be looked at for the rotation in the fall. This isn't even including like Aiden Williams coming in as well. This isn't even including that. But the wide receiver has to be good, and Chris Marshall kind of developing as the guy, that's all good news for Ole Miss fans. All good news. Just kind of is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by that, and... I'm curious to see exactly what Ole Miss intends to do. Anyway, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will continue talking grow ball. Also, Bill Flowers, Tom Vanderford, all our guests are lined up for this weekend. We hope that this week is a fun week for everybody, and we hope that everybody has a great Monday and settles in throughout it. Anyway, right after this, John Gillespie from the Grove Report. Stick around. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Upvote the video itself and comment down below. We'd appreciate it very much. We're here with John Gillespie, who was at the Grow Bowl, another of our firsthand accounts of the game. How are you doing, John? I am good. It's recording this on a Sunday, kind of a – well, I would say it's a lazy Sunday. Me and my father are actually loading up some lawnmowers to go get serviced uh, later on today. But um, it, it, it's a good day. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, in Mississippi, it's getting to be about that time of year, isn't it? It very much is. Yeah, we actually killed a snake earlier, which was fun. Um, so it's that time of year, too, sadly. 
Well, if you need to feel better, it is always that time of year here. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So it is what it is. Anyway, you went to the Grove Bowl. What, what were your impressions of the Grove Bowl, the things you came away with? Well, I, I think, you know, my, my biggest takeaway that I wanted to kind of, and I wrote this last night, I wanted to temper some of the fans' emotions a little bit that might have been concerned about the defense. Okay, that was by design. That was first and foremost. Pippen wanted a high-scoring game, um, he, and obviously tackling is is going to be limited in things like this in the spring, especially when you know there's some injuries already on the roster. But um, yeah, all three quarterbacks looked incredible. Uh, incredible, maybe a stretch, but all three quarterbacks looked good. Um, you know, I know obviously that's going to be what's on most fans' minds uh, this offseason leading up to the fall. Um, I thought Spencer Sanders had a really good day. Uh, I honestly thought Dart had a really good day too. Just some some drops kind of hampered him. But what what I was looking for the most is how he ran the offense and how the ball looked out of his hand. And man, from a bird's eye view, that his passes have a lot more zip on them than they did a year ago. Um, and I thought his decisions were better. I thought he was more poised in the pocket. And then of course there's Walker Howard, right? Who um, is obviously the the youngest of the guys in that room but man I, I tweeted yesterday that uh, a healthy walker howard in the future is is going to be special for Ole miss because that guy has something about him that that poise that um quarterback mind i guess so to speak and he's got the physical characteristics to go along with it too so um and and too i guess i'll add too that uh you know we saw the running backs involved in the passing game some right i mean we saw uh, Judkins and Bentley and, you know, you know, catching passes out of the backfield or um, even in the end zone. And, you know, we knew that those those guys, especially Judkins, were going to have a few more wrinkles in the offense this year. But I think that is a very vanilla version of what we may see some more of in the fall. Yeah, and I'm I'm about to be I don't I don't know if hyperbolic is the right word, but I'm going to be a little bit exuberant in my comparison. But Walker Howard, when I see him, the comp the comparison that I would make would be like Matt Corral with Eli's mind. And yeah. and that that's what I see when he's playing the ball. He if you take away the early hot-headedness that we saw under of Matt Corral and just kind of put that easy Eli mentality into it, he's got the same toolkit as Matt Corral. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. He's unbelievably accurate, and he made some plays in the Grove Bowl that were well beyond his years. And mm -hmm. I, I walked out of that game. I, I think I tweeted um, that he just looked different when he plays, and it was actually liked by Chris Mangum um, yeah. on our Twitter timeline. Yeah, because I went to high school with Chris, but a mm -hmm. former Ole Miss great, old, former Ole Miss All-American tight end, Chris Mangum. And it, it, it's interesting. I think this quarterback competition is as it's advertised. I do not want to hear have let people think that I'm trying to stir up something here. I think Jackson is in the lead. I don't think that lead is as big as we thought it was and was being made led to believe it was. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, too, that we, we saw a little bit of an indication that Jackson was in the lead because of um, – now, I know some of it is, is kind of draft-related, but, I mean, he, he wound up with a lot of the ones, right? I mean, you know, he had Judkins, for instance, and things like that. Um, but, man, with with how much we saw Spencer Sanders yesterday, 
and what he was able to do with the football in his hands, whether it be through the air. You know, he he found Michael Trigg a lot. And, you know, last year Michael Trigg had a big spring game too, but Ole Miss is going to need him to take a step forward as well. And yesterday was a good indication for that. Um, but, man, what, what has impressed me more about Spencer – uh, even even more so than his arm, which we know is good, is his legs. I mean, the the kid can fly, okay. And um, man, I I know oh, Matt Corral and Dart are both solid runners, but Spencer in the open field is dangerous. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I do think that 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 competition may be a little bit closer than we thought. But I do think Jackson has has the leg up right now. Yeah, and in a situation with a scrimmage like this, people need to realize when they're not playing real football, Spencer Sanders is a little bit lesser version of himself because whenever they're full tackle, full contact, full ready to go in his athleticism, he is a more dangerous quarterback than somebody that where if you just two-hand touch him. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that he can do some really special things. And I, I'm excited about the quarterbacks. I think all three quarterbacks are good. I think Ole Miss potentially has the best quarterback room in the country um, from what I've seen. I mean, the, I, it, I, I just don't see how they could do it. I do think, and I've said this pretty consistently throughout the whole spring, either Spencer or Jackson is going to be the first string, string, string quarterback this year. And the backup, I think, is going to be Walker Howard. And whoever loses the job is either going to transfer out or red shirt or but he'll be third in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah and yeah I mean I, I can I can see that I think that would be I think that would probably be the best answer to what is a good problem to have mm-hmm. um and and I think some some fans are are willing or you know eager I guess to almost view this this competition as a bad thing sometimes because it's like you you know you like to go into seasons knowing who your guy is under center but what i don't think people are realizing is that you also want to go into the season with as much talent at every position as you can okay whereas if you know first string guy gets hurt you don't have a drop off really um and i think that was the goal for lane kip in this offseason one yes for competition make everybody better all those cliches but two just make your roster better, okay? Make your roster better at every position that you can. And I think he absolutely did that this offseason because let, let's think back to last year's Grove Bowl, okay? Last year, man, the sky was falling after everyone saw the quarterbacks a season ago, right? Because it was a very different story than it was yesterday. Um, so if that was the goal going into this, I think he's definitely succeeded in that. Yeah, and you know – People, the fans do want the quarterback competition over. They've been pr- trying to prematurely say Jackson's the guy. There's different camps and factions that always seem to develop in these things. But the improvement that Jackson Dart made between December and March was immense. Mm-hmm. And that is because of the competition of Spencer Sanders coming in, of Walker Howard being in the building, and the urgency that has developed. This situation is not a bad thing, and just because somebody might want it over, I mean that's that's pro- might not be good for the university, honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I know I feel like it's almost it's it's almost said too much that competition does make you better, um, or you're gonna, you're either going to fold or you're going to get better, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we said coming into this thing. 
Um, but it's it's true. I mean, people say it all the time for a reason, right? And um, you know, Kiffin said as much yesterday in in his post game media availability, but he didn't harp as much on the competition aspect of it as much as he did just hey go out and make your roster better. Go out and make the position groups better, which he had to do, right, especially after Luke Altmaier got in the portal and, and departed. Um, so, you know, go out and find the best guys and, and get them and let the competition play out as it may. All right, let's talk about players of the Grove Bowl. These are the rules. Okay, only one quarterback can be selected, but two offensive players and two defensive players. Who you got? Hmm. All right, offensive, I'll go Spencer Sanders, um, Michael Trigg. Okay. Um, I, th- I think those are my two. Yeah, that's really good. And also a really good thing for Lane Kiffin to separate Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg in the spring game because last year mm-hmm. Trigg and Dart's familiarity allowed them to make some plays in an otherwise dire situation this kind of eliminated stuff like that from happening. So you can kind of get a good read of what's going on defensively, two players that were players of the grow ball. Uh, let's see. I will go. I'm having to go back and look at some of these stats right quick. Um, because of how they registered tackles and things of that. I'll, I'll go Sanders. Um, he had the interception. He led the team in tackles and, Man, I, I know that the the stats may not be there, but I heard Monty Montgomery's name a lot yesterday in the, in the box. He did flash. Yeah, it, it's yeah. one of those things where they, he was popping up in the broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, that's, again, it, in the way the spring game is formatted, the defensive guys were going to be at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to, you know, pay close attention to that side a little bit. Um, and... You know him. Him popping up like that is is obviously going to be big um, for Pete Golding and company this year. Because man, if he if he stays healthy, he's there. You know. Yeah, and Ole Miss fans worried about the defense do also need to remember that spring games and professional wrestling have a lot in common. I saw you tweet that yesterday. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, that's 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 a pretty good comparison. Yeah, it's one of those things where they, at the end of the game they just made a two point conversion for a. They they erased a fourteen point deficit right there in the last mm-hmm. drive. It was it was amazing. Penalties. And they, we we were actually taking the elevator down to go to um, the Manning Center for interviews yesterday, and we heard on the assistant SID's wonky tonky that hey Kiffin wants to add seven points to the red team. You know can you know we'll probably need to announce that that's happening or something. And I was like, yep, he wants to put this in a game winning situation hmm. just to see how Dart and company respond to it. Um, and I so I didn't see any of that last drive really, uh, but I saw how it ended. But um, yeah, I was like, mm, okay, that's exactly what he's doing here, which it made sense, right? I mean, it's you, you make the rules of your own spring game, do what you want, um, you know put those guys in a situation to go down the field and win and just see kind of what happens. Yeah. And um, before we get out of here, Chris Marshall, that guy's going to be a dude. Yeah. And that we knew that. Right. But Kiffin said, yeah, did you watch it on TV? I did. I did. Okay. So Kiffin talked some about him yesterday. Obviously we, we wrote a little bit about that, but um, man, his skill set in this offense is going to be special. Um, because 
line. We we know what kind of offense he came from. Even, and I, I don't have the whole feud thing with Texas A and M like some people do, but um, we know what kind of offense he came from. And now he's coming to an offense like this, regardless of who the quarterback is, he's going to have somebody talented getting in the football, mm-hmm. and that's that's dangerous, right? And and Ole Miss needed that too. Okay, very very much so after what they lost out of that super room. Yeah, he's he's going to be special. Yeah, he's um, pre-injury Laquan, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he, he is something that is going to be vital to this offense. And we didn't even get to see Trey Harris. He was out. Braylon Brown was out. The receiving core is not where it's going to be. Aiden Williams has not made it to campus yet. And then Suntarian Perkins, you know, it was important for Ladarius Tennyson to flash. And he did. You could tell he was kind of a caged, caged person wanting to just put everybody in the ground. But Suntarian in his position – that is going to be the competition we're looking for in the fall, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So, so anyway, John, thank you very much. And everybody, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. But you, Plus, you get to hear from big-name insiders, experts, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. John, thank you so much for stopping by today. We'll we'll talk to you next week, bud. All right. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Thank you. All right.